You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. And welcome to a brand new episode of the Needless Things Podcast, where we talk about toys, movies, wrestling, and all manner of dorkery. Today, I have yet another very special treat. I think I always say I have a very special treat, but it always is, because I wouldn't bother doing these things if I didn't think they were special. Today, we're talking to none other than Adam Warrock who I feel the need to apologize to right off the bat because I gave him the worst introduction I've ever given anybody. You'd think it wasn't my job to introduce people, but uh, you'll hear it. I'm not going to try and redo one and make up for it now because that's not how I do things. You you are going to hear exactly what came out of my mouth. I eliminated some of the ums and ahs, but for whatever reason, when I started to introduce this poor guy, my brain just blanked, and all I could remember was the Brown Coats mixtape and the Doctor Who mixtape. Because uh, he's got thousands of songs. Okay, maybe not thousands of songs, but the guy has done a lot of stuff, which is why I wanted to talk to him. But before we get to that, I want to talk a bit about a couple of other things because I've got a little bit of extra time, a little extra me time on this episode. I want to talk about True Detective on HBO starring Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey. Wow, what a show. Uh, I was hearing about it on Facebook and... Everybody's like, True Detective's amazing. True Detective's the best thing since Breaking Bad. And while that's a little hyperbolic there, um, I will say it's mesmerizing in the words of evil. Uh, Fascinating is what I said. But Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey are just amazing. Uh, It's essentially their show. The, The story's interesting, but watching those two act and interact is just Awesome. I, I highly recommend you guys check that thing out. And it's not sci-fi or, or, you know, genre stuff like I normally prefer. But it's it's a good cop show with just characters that are just amazing. It feels like reading a book, if that tells you anything. A well-written book, like almost some Joe Lansdale stuff. And, and those are heavy words right there, my friends. Um, so, uh, True Detectives, very, very good stuff. I also want to talk a little bit about Days of the Dead. Uh, it's a horror convention coming up in Atlanta the weekend of February 7th, 8th, and 9th. Uh, I will be there. I will not be there in any official capacity. I will not even be there as a media guy, but I will be there hanging out and drinking beer because the missus and I need a night of hanging out and drinking beer. And they've got a lot of crazy guests. And uh, come on out if you're in the area. Uh, Monstrosity Championship Wrestling continues on. There are shows February 21st and 22nd and March 14th and 15th. And I will be at the 21st and the 14th shows. 
Uh, I can't do the Saturday shows because that just doesn't work out, but I will be at the Friday night shows on February 21st and March 14th, and I guarantee you a good time, especially in March, because guess what? My close personal friends and Phantomaniacs, the casket creatures, will be playing live, and they will rock your faces off because that's what they do. Uh, what else is going on around this place? I just got the big quarter scale Naka Batman figure, and it's crazy. It's huge. Mine's a little off. It's it's kind of fucked up. And I went on Twitter and tweeted at Nika or Naka or whatever they are, and said, "Hey, my body is bent. My torso's bent. Is there anything I can do? Uh, can you return it to the retailer?" And you know what? I probably can't return it to the retailer. Because I got it from my local comic shop, and Diamond is terrible about doing returns on things. Like, chances are the one they sent out is one of the ones they had, and that was that. Uh, And it's upsetting because I just, uh, the Spider Gremlin from Gremlins 2 just came in. And it's mashed. The box is just destroyed, and there's a base inside that helps hold the the spider up like it's supposed to be because the legs are skinny and the body is heavy and it needs something to to make it stand like a spider. And the base is is, uh, shattered is the word that was used to describe it to me. So that has to go back as well. And I'm, you know, there's a problem here because... A lot of this stuff doesn't show up at retail. Like, I bet that quarter-scale Batman, uh, it's it's the Michael Keaton one, I bet that's not going to show up anywhere. You're not going to find that on a store shelf unless it's some kind of small specialty store. Uh, you're not going to find it at Toys R Us or, or anywhere like that. So you kind of have to order it online, whether it's from, you know, Diamond through your local comic shop or whether it's from Big Bad Toy Store or Entertainment Earth. And that's a problem, man, as this stuff shows up. And if it's messed up... What a hassle to to get it switched out. So I will keep you updated there because I'm sure that's just riveting you to your seats. Uh, Other toy news. The next episode of Needless Things is going to be a very special surprise. I'm not going to spoil it yet. You're going to have to stay tuned. But we will be doing another supersized, crazy, big toy fair recap. Right now, I have got Evil belligerent monkey reverend dan wilson and josh wilson all lined up mr bo brown will be here talking about masters of the universe classics because that's what he does and we haven't quite decided how we're going to do it yet i'm thinking people might drop in and out so we don't overload skype uh because apparently three people could overload skype as you will discover listening to the adam warrock podcast But uh, check back, beginning of March is when I'm expecting the Toy Fair podcast to go up. We're getting together at the end of February to talk about it. And it's going to be huge. It's going to take up a lot of my space for March. So whatever else I do in March is going to have to be not so huge. Okay, so Adam Warrock. Uh, I tell the story during the interview, so you're just going to have to check back in to get that. But suffice it to say... First time I heard Adam Warrock, I didn't think Adam Warrock was my thing, which is a crazy thing to think because I love nerd stuff and I love hip hop. Uh, it should work, but it didn't. And then over time, I, I listened more and I got to the point where I was like, holy shit, this guy is really talented. I'd really like to talk to him. So I sent him an email. You know, when I send out emails about interview requests or, or really about anything, uh, I don't expect anything back. I, I don't. 
uh, it's just you you have to kind of be like that because you never know how busy somebody is you never know what kind of profile of of interview they're looking to do and let's face it needless things isn't uh, the biggest media outlet in the world not everybody has time for for what i do so you never know but I sent the email. Uh, within a day, I got a response back saying, yeah, I'd be interested. I'm on tour right now, but let's hook it up. And he got off tour. He had a couple days off, and we talked. And it was awesome, except that once again, I've been foiled by mysterious audio problems because there is an echo on Adam's voice and on Bo's voice throughout the call. It's not horrible. And, and really, all it is is it kind of makes them sound like robots. So... You know, that's kind of cool, you can tell yourself as you're listening. Uh, anyway, it's a great interview. We had a really good talk, and the only thing I regret about it is we ended up talking for about 10 or so minutes afterward, and I had already turned off the recording to start processing so I could begin my editing process as soon as possible. And we kept talking for a while, and that was really interesting stuff too. But guess what? That's just for me and Adam and Bo, and uh, you guys don't get to hear it. Sometimes that's what happens. I want to kick this thing off. Uh, actually, first I want to say, remember, you can download the Needless Things podcast from iTunes. You can listen to it on Stitcher, and I think you can download it on Stitcher Premium. And you can find Needless Things on needlessthingssite.com. That's where all my written content is. So if you're hearing this now and you like what's going on, know that five days a week you can check out needlessthingssite.com and find toy reviews, movie reviews, commentary on nerd life. Uh, it's entertaining. People like it. It's just that more people need to find it. Uh, anyway, I want to start off this interview with my personal favorite Adam Warrock track. Uh, if you know me, you know I love Star Wars like anybody doesn't love Star Wars. But Expanded Universe is kind of my bag. I mean, I love the movies, don't get me wrong, but Expanded Universe is where the the strongest of my Star Wars love is. And for my money, Grand Admiral Thrawn is the best villain that has come out of Star Wars, period. I love Thrawn. And guess what? Adam Warrock did a song about him. Here it is right now. As soon as it's done, interview time. There you go. Hey, yo. Everybody talking Jedi, this Sith Lord, that. Huh. Yeah. I'd rather be Grand Admiral thrown up in this game. Master Tactician. Doing it with class. Yeah, it's like this. Humanoid, you can stare into my red eyes Cause when I speak I hold that tone calm and steady Sit on the throne and so I wait and bide my time But I keep the Imperial forces there armed and ready Out in the regions unknown, out there patrolling the zone I watch the Death Star fall in the shadow of the sanctuary So when the Emperor fell and Vader did too Then I assumed the weight that I had to carry Genius tactician and strategist The baddest in the galaxy, no Republic could handle this Studying the art of my enemies, just to better understand So when they fall, I'm like, yeah, already knew your plans Not ride bodyguards, katana dreadnoughts Cloak the perimeter of Coruscant So better not try to pronounce my shit's name Get your tongue tied And if you speak ill to me, I'll have your tongue, right? I'm Grand Admiral Thrawn Servant of the Empire with a plan that never fails So watch your tone when you speak You got the force, I got the forces So come 
make the kettle running like one less part sex than the best could ever try. Lose your mind in the spice mine. My words cut deep and my stare cuts deeper. Sitting there in Mount Tannis with my hands around the chest. Hey yo, forget Talon Carr, just smuggler trash. Lower class. Forget Sabat, he lost his mind too fast. Forget Mara Jade, got no use for her. I just used my sick tactic, got a noose for her. With a Sparty cylinder and a team of mole miners, I'm the new empire, way beyond those old timers. So when you hear that imperial march, rest in peace, Palpatine. It's for your honor, we chart. Every course across the star maps, crush the new republic. Raise that black flag underneath the setting sun. That's when Rue cut me down at the throne where I sit. Gotta admit, it was really so artistically done. I'm Grand Admiral Thrawn Serving up the Empire with a plan that never fails So watch your tone when you speak You got the force, I got the forces So come and meet your defeat Every track that I'm on I'm Grand Admiral Thrawn Serving up the Empire with a plan that never fails So watch your tone when you speak You got the force, I got the forces So come and meet your defeat Hey, we've got a very special guest here tonight uh, Not only is Mr. Bo Brown with us uh, How are you doing tonight, Bo? Great Awesome. Uh, we have the incredibly, ridiculously prolific master of nerd hip hop, the generator of the Browncoats mixtape, the recent released The Doctor mixtape, and tons and tons of incredible free content that you can get on his website. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Adam Warrock. I think, uh, I think prolific is a word I've heard more times in my life than I ever thought I would. Uh, describing me, so this is the first time in my life I've been prolific about anything. So thank you, thank you for having me. <laughs> word to be known for. Excuse my voice. I lost my voice pretty badly on this tour, and it was an uphill battle. So I'm still sort of kind of gaining it back fully. So well, you've only had you've only been off tour for a couple of days now, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I got back very late Monday. It's it's Thursday today, and then so I spent most of Tuesday sleeping. So I really have been conscious and back for. For only about a day and a half so or so right now. And you were out on the West Coast? Yeah, I was out on the West Coast with uh with uh Schaefer the Dark Lord, my my good friend Schaefer the Dark Lord and uh Tribe One, who is kind of my partner in rap crime, who also does kind of comic book nerdy stuff and then uh just kind of hitting up a, a who's of a, a veritable who's who of Nerdcore. Uh, because we don't get out to the West Coast often, so we saw Beefy and Death Star and Mega Ran and Doc Ock, Doc Awkward, and uh, who else did we see? Other people, I'm sure. Uh, so yeah, I don't remember who else, but they were out there. <laughs> so it was fun. I had a good time. We got to see, uh, we got to do a show in Mount Shasta, California, and hear all about their wonderful alien culture there, where people believe that aliens live inside the mountain. So oh wow. It was quite a, it was quite an interesting and, and awesome tour of a, a lot of jet lag and elevation and, uh, driving through forests and stuff like that. So, so they've got like a heavy Xenu presence out there. It's a, it's a, a race called the Lemurians, Lemurians. Oh. And, uh, if you look up online, you can find a lot of discussion about how Lemuria was a continent that used to be on, on Earth. I and have, that is, that's legit. That is. Yeah. Legit. And well, so I mean, the, the legend is true, not the actual. So the Lemurians, when their continent sunk, they settled in Mount Shasta because it was close to the, the border of California on the, the coast. And so there are all these people there who like truly believe that the mountain is hollow and uh, it's a city made of crystal and that Mount Shasta is an interdimensional uh, gateway. Uh, so we were kind of 
like laughing about it, but also kind of scared because we're just like, well, what if we see something? You know, like right, right. Does this become our identity from now on that we're we're now alien apologists? Um, so. <laughs> Uh, well, when you're out there in the moment and you have like a community of people who believe something, like it's pretty easy to maybe not get swept up in it, but at least to take it a little more seriously than you would oh, if you yeah. were sitting on the couch at home. You take it seriously when people are looking you in the eye and telling you, yeah, this is real. Right. So, like, because, like, you don't want to like tempt fate and like make fun of them out right. loud. They have serious, so you have to I mean, kind of take it serious beliefs. You know. Then you wake up with Lemurians in your hotel room. Yeah. Yes. Like, look, brother. It, it's it's funny because on our way up the mountain, there was like no street lights on the highway, but we kept passing by all these like excavation sites that they kind of looked like um, they kind of looked like the thing around when uh, Thor's hammer was found mm. uh, from the movie, like when it was raining and he was like moving through like the the plastic wrapping. And she, yeah, and yeah, yeah. And we're just kind of like, why do we keep seeing all these construction sites that are lit up at night, but everything else is dark and it's kind of weird? So we're just like, well, I'm sure it's, I'm sure there's a perfectly, perfectly rational explanation. Anyways, that's enough about aliens. But yeah, I had a great time on the West Coast and Schaefer and Triber, are awesome guys to tour with. So, and I, I'd like to recommend everybody rewind real quick and write down every name that you just mentioned a minute ago. Oh, yeah. Because once you guys are done with this one, you're going to want to check these other guys out as well. Because I, I have just as a little background, uh, so you know where I'm coming from. Uh, I, the first thing I ever heard of about you was on Comics Alliance, which I'm sure is the same for a lot of people. Uh, Chris Sims is obviously a, a huge promoter. That's right. And, uh, super, super cool guy and definitely one of the guys, like, like one of my internet guys that I kind of am like, oh, he's such a good writer. And I'll read his stuff sometimes and, and it like half inspires me and half makes me not want to write anymore. Yeah. yeah. Like you'll read a phrase and you'll be like, oh, that's so good and so funny and so perfect. And like, I want to write something like it. But at the same time, it's like, fuck, why didn't I write that? <laughs> yeah. You he, know, he's great with a turn of phrase in a very bizarre pop cultural absurdist way that's also slightly dirty that uh not many people can match yeah yeah i would agree with that and and his home site and i i haven't been to uh his his home site in a while is a super awesome blog i think it is the, yeah the invincible super blog the, yeah the yeah dash isb.com and and that's where he was uncensored yes. which was an entirely different experience from uh from comics alliance but but anyway uh first heard about you there and kind of was like, oh, this sounds pretty cool. And it was one of those things where I was like, the name stuck in my brain, but I didn't do anything about it for a while. And then you dropped the Firefly, the Browncoats uh, mixtape. Yes. And I, I had resisted Firefly for a while. But once I got into it, I got into it like crazy. Uh, so I downloaded that and was expecting that kind of like tongue-in-cheek, humorous, um, I won't say ironic – but I wasn't expecting for real hip hop. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean that's kind of what we we like to uh, we like to horrify people with how seriously we take uh, yes. these subjects. And um, my friend uh, Tribe One, who was on, I was on, who I've, I'm going to basically be on tour with for three straight months because he's like one of my best friends in the world and one of the best rappers I think out there. Very very kind of new, starting up. Uh, he was doing a show on the MC Chris tour, of which we have both been openers on. And uh, he, during his set, this one guy was walking out, and he goes, he just goes, 
oh, I got to get out of here, man. This is too positive. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I like that. I like the idea that we we take it so seriously and we try to be so like overall positive about these kind of silly things that it horrifies some people. They're just like, I can't take this. I thought this was going to be just goofy stuff about Firefly, and now they're making me feel feelings, and I don't like this. So, well, and that that's exactly what happened with me. Um, it was. You know, I started with, I, I can't handle, it's, it's too much. It's too serious. It's, it's legit like Jay Z rapping about Firefly. You know, it's, it, I couldn't take it. And I wrote, I even tweeted something about like, it's amazing, but I, I just, it's not for me or something along those lines. And a guy responded, not happy with what I had said. <laughs> and you actually stepped in. And was like, hey guys, hang on. Let's all just be happy nerds together. I don't even remember this. This is hilarious. Um, I'll, if I can locate the <laughs> tweets, I'll, I'll email them to you. Uh, but the fact that you actually stepped in, I was like, holy shit. One, holy shit. What's he doing even paying attention to this? And two, that was such a huge move on your part to, to be like, you know, hey guy, that's my fan. It's cool, and hey, guy that you know just heard this and didn't realize what I was getting ready to drop in his brain. Just chill out, hang in there, you'll get it. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's really interesting because like there are a lot of people who who don't get what nerd core nerd rap is, and they think everything is going to sound exactly like MC Chris or MC Frontline right. or MC Lars or whoever, and it's now. I feel like people like me and Megaran and uh, Dr. Awkward and Beefy and people like that and Dualcore, we've really worked hard as part of this second wave, what I, what I like to call us. Yeah. Where um, we kind of – it took those first guys to kind of establish the brand by being so radically different from like hip-hop. You know, They had to sound completely different to get people's attention and say like, this is so different. This is not just going to be like – Weird Al esque rap about stuff about nerdy stuff, mm -hmm. and then the second wave was a bunch of guys like like me and Dualcore, for example, who makes like hacker rap. Who we all come from a background of of independent hip hop, and we just happen to start rapping about pop culture or nerdy stuff or hacker stuff or technology. And um, instead of making us sound completely different, we decided to make very straight faced independent hip hop style kind of stuff. And um, I think a lot of people, I think I think a lot of people are slowly starting to come around to the idea that like this is something that's going to stick around a little bit, and it's okay to listen to it, and you don't have to listen to it with like a tongue in cheek kind of thing. You can listen to it yeah. with serious music because that's we we all very much really love the music that everybody in the scene makes because we like how serious people are about it, and. Um, it's it's okay to be serious about it because I mean we do stuff that's funny and goofy too, but it's like mostly it's just kind of like we, we're we're very much like misfits and like punk. We're almost like punk rock, but we don't make punk music. We just make indie hip hop, and yeah. we're just kind of being misfits about it and doing whatever we want. And people will like certain aspects of it, and they won't like certain aspects of it as well, which is the same as any band or any group. Where like I really love atmosphere. But I really don't like some of Atmosphere's albums, and that's okay. Even though I can say that they're one of my favorite groups of all time, 
because they have stuff that because they like to stretch their legs and go in different directions, and that's fine. Like, I think that it's slowly coming around to the point where people can think that way about nerd music as well. Well, the corner that I had to turn um, when when listening to your stuff was, you know, that how serious it is, and I realized, like, wait a minute. I'm this serious about this stuff too. Like I don't look at Firefly and Battlestar Galactica and all that tongue in cheek. I'm fucking serious about it. If I'm having a conversation about it, it's going to get intellectual unless I'm drinking and then it's just going to be stupid. But, uh, you know, I, I am very serious about my fandom. I'm very serious about the, the nerd stuff that I'm into. And I, I, it like clicked in my head. I was like, oh shit. And that's what the music is. It's, he's serious about this stuff. And then once I turned that corner, I heard Big Adama and I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, Big Adama. Man, I, Fat Lee Adama is one of my favorite things I've ever experienced in my life. Just like how, how much they hammed it up. Because like there was one point where like, I remember this because I, I watched all of Battlestar Galactica for the first time. Uh, in the past, like, two years or something. And yeah, me too. That one scene where he is in the fat suit, he's talking to Duala, and he's talking about how his father called him soft. And he's like, my dad, you know, he says that I'm soft. He says that I lost my edge. And then he starts eating potato chips <laughs> while he's saying this. And he's like, the chips are, like, falling all over his uniform. And he's just like, can you believe he said that? And it's just like, oh, my God, we get it. Like, we get that he has let himself go. You don't have to have him literally shoveling potato chips into his mouth. And it just made me look, oh, it's just so awesome. What was funny about it, though, is at the beginning, and I, I almost wonder if that was kind of a reaction, because in the beginning, when he first shows up fat, there is no explanation. <laughs> yeah. There's no reason given. It's just he's taken over the, the Pegasus. And he's fat. I think it was the beginning of one of the seasons, yeah, or was, after a season break or something. New Caprica, like season three, beginning, I think, or something. Yeah. Like that. And and my wife and I were both just like, why? Why is he fat? Did he just get fat? You know, because sometimes, even though TV's TV, sometimes you get a little caught up, and you're like, what happened to that person? And. uh <laughs> And then as it went on, it became obvious that he couldn't handle what he was doing and was stressed out or whatever. But you're right. Eventually, it became so heavy-handed, not to make a pun there. Because <laughs> he's got fat uh, hands because he's a fat guy. Yeah, yeah, you see what I did? Um, so, yeah, taking but taking all this stuff seriously, I was like, okay, I get it now. And then you just released the Doctor Who mixtape, which Doctor Who is my big passion. That's That's my huge interest overwhelming everything else there are close seconds but doctor who's it and you dropped that and i listened to the very first track on that and i was just like okay <laughs> okay i i get it now I very, and i downloaded everything i was very committed to making a really good doctor who mixtape because i had a song for a long time i had a song called never i've never watched doctor who and it was a song yeah. about how uh, all my friends watch Doctor Who and I don't watch it. And I was talking about what I thought it was about, having only heard them talk about it. And uh, <laughs> I was an opener on the MC Chris tour and I performed that song every night for like two months straight. And so that, for a while, that was like one of the highlights of my set and everyone kind of knew about it. And like it got passed around on all these Doctor Who websites. And I made that song as a joke to my, my best friend. Uh, his name's Chris Haley. who's He's an artist, a comic artist. Mm -hmm. Um 
because he doesn't shut up about it. And I was just like, <laughs> we don't. Yeah, I was just like, yeah oh, we're, we're just, the worst. I was like, oh my god, please stop talking about this. And so I made that song as a joke to him, and I did like no promotion for it. It was just a song for Chris. And um, so when I made this mixtape, because I finally went and watched like six seasons of it or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really committed to making like a really good thing to like my it was like my apology to be like okay sorry about that other song. <laughs> now I, so you so you watched six seasons of Doctor Who just to write the album. <laughs> well, I, I okay here the story is is that I I tried to watch certain episodes along the way because every I always knew everyone's like you should make a Doctor Who song and you should watch something and I was like okay what should I watch and they're like you should watch Rose. And I watched Rose, and I was like, oh, that's okay. And they're like, just watch this Tenet episode. And I was like, oh, that's okay. And mm-hmm. then um, it, it, I was, like, really obsessed with uh, Sherlock. And so because that's made by Stephen Moffat, I was like, all right, I'm going to watch the Matt Smith season because this is when Stephen Moffat took over for the show. Um, and I loved it. I, like, utterly adored season five, the Matt Smith, the first Matt Smith season. And I finished that first season, and then I went back and watched all the Tenant seasons. And then I finished the Matt Smith seasons, mostly. I think I have a couple episodes to go in seven or something. And I'm a huge Peter Capaldi fan, so I'm very excited for the new uh, Doctor Who. But I have, to this day, not watched more than like two or three Eccleston episodes. And I realize that angers a lot of people. No, that's that's silly. I'm, I'm. That's like a whole quarter of the episodes he's in. So you're you're doing pretty good. <laughs> yeah, you're you're a good you're bit there. Fractions wise. <laughs> no, ne- neither one of us are are pushy. Uh, well, I'm not pushy with any of my uh, like nerd stuff. I'm not like no, you have to watch this. Like I understand Doctor Who's not for everybody. I definitely understand the classic Doctor Who's not for everybody. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. um, I mean, I grew up with that. I was a little kid watching. With and and that's when I fell in love with it, and it became such a big thing for me. And I get people can't get into that. I, I am never going to say like you're not a good fan if you can't enjoy that because that's silly. I, I don't like I don't like that kind of thing in any fandoms actually. But uh, no, that's you. You take a Doctor Who at your own pace, man. Because at this point, you have created the finest piece of. Doctor Who music in existence, I think. Oh, wow. I mean, I don't so, really know how much Doctor Who music is in, in existence. Yeah, I said that knowing that, so, <laughs> you know, we'll... Cover. I'm sure there's some yeah. filk out there or something oh, about yeah. it. There's, uh, there's the, a lot the of filk. cover, which is pretty good, and then there's um, the Doctor and the TARDIS. But that's most of that is is kind of a lot more derivative of the show. Oh, sure, yeah. There's not... Yeah, no, then, because, no, uh, I mean... From from the the rhymes to the musical samples that you used, it all fits right in. I mean, it's it's really just solid stuff. Like I said, it got me as soon as I heard that. I was like, okay, I'll go download everything else now. <laughs> yeah, and then you had the the unfortunate uh, task of having to figure out what to download for my site because there's like a bazillion songs on it. Well, it wasn't, I mean, it's, if you go in and, and it is overwhelming. I mean, when you go to your, just, even just the, the free music site, cause you've got a site on Bandcamp, uh, with your pay stuff yeah. that is actual albums and, and, and whatnot, which, uh, we'll get to middle of nowhere in a little bit. Uh, and then, but all the free stuff on your regular site, 
you have to go in not thinking like, okay, I'm just going to get everything this guy has. You have to go in thinking, I'm going to look for the stuff that I'm most interested in and start with that. See, I'm not going to sit here. You're very smart <laughs> and you have a, you think about it. You take a second to think about it. Whereas there are people who are angry. They're angry at me because they're just like, it's too much. It's too much free stuff. And I'm just like, what? That's the silliest <laughs> phrase I've ever heard in my life. It's like, it's too much. You can't, I don't know where to start. I'm just like, well, just start. And uh, well, Usually what I tell people is I say, um, start now going forward. <laughs> yeah. Just know that from this point on, there will be a lot of stuff coming towards you. And you don't have to go back. I mean, you can go back if you like happen to see me link to something or see somebody talking about something. But like mostly you don't have – like you shouldn't go back and try to listen to everything. It's very much there. I, I keep that archives up because I know people would be utterly furious if I did not. And sure. I, I would love to not have an archive at all. Just say, <laughs> too bad. If you, if you weren't right. there when it happened, it's like Tumblr or Twitter. It's like if you missed it, yeah. you missed it. And that's all you yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, and you know what? I, I don't – and you're right. The fans would just be kind of nuts about that. But – uh no, it's it's having that archive is beautiful. So you you it was mainly that you just thought I want to make some music about Doctor Who, so I need to take this in, or was it just the curiosity about Doctor Who itself was more the factor of watching it? No, I wanted to I wanted to watch Doctor Who because I had find oh it's because of the Day of the Doctor like it had reached such a critical mass on my social media. Yeah, I was like. I was like excited to see pictures of like Matt Smith and David Tennant together. And I didn't even know what that meant. I was like, <laughs> right, oh, right. This is awesome. Even though I have no idea why this is awesome. And then Peter Capaldi got announced as the next doctor. And I'm a huge in the loop, uh, thick of it fan, um, on BBC where he is a very non doctor esque character. I hope uh, you bring some of that. <laughs> I really do. Oh yeah. Right. Oh, some Malcolm Tucker. I would love to see yeah. that. Um, so I, I was kind of lining up where I was like, well, I want to watch this Peter Capaldi thing because I really I love him as an actor. So I just started watching it, and I was like I said, I was watching Sherlock, so I was really into Stephen Moffat's um, show running, and uh, so I just picked up with the Matt Smith season. And I guess the the one thing that surprised me was, um, I guess I didn't realize how like scary, like quote unquote scary it was going to be because right. everything that I'd seen about it was kind of cheeky and goofy like in the fan culture around it right and i was really impressed i mean it wasn't there was nothing like scary or terrifying in it but like there's a lot of moments where you're like oh man they're they're in some peril right now <laughs> and like well there are, there are a lot of creepy intense themes and and the modern series has taken that to a new level because that's one of the one of the traditional things about classic Doctor Who was that the little British kids would watch it from behind the couch because of all the monsters and stuff. Yeah, and some of these monsters and these new ones, like like the silence and all that stuff, like it was just like, oh man, these are kind of these are creepy, and uh, I didn't know it was like X ish you know? Like yeah, yeah. Um, no one really told me that, and I was kind of like, why didn't anyone <laughs> tell me this to pitch this to me? I thought it was just about a guy running around, like being British, and there is that. There is yeah, that. yeah, or being time, a lot of time travel stuff, <laughs> and um, and then I guess I didn't know how much there was like an interweaving story, which I guess you could credit Moffat 
as really bringing to the forefront and kind of maybe by the end of it uh, shoehorning into there uh, like an overarching narrative whereas I thought it was just kind of like oh there's a 200,000 episodes and they're just like everything's different and I was just like I don't want to watch that that's very much part of the new Doctor Who uh, Russell T. Davies started kind of mild season arcs uh they weren't necessarily driven from episode to episode but there would be kind of a building event that would carry across seasons and then the finale would usually deal with that yeah it was a lot more subtle whereas moffat like some of moffat's you couldn't even drop in and watch certain episodes without a frame of reference which i mean now that tv is much more there where people are used to watching these like breaking bad mad men season-long narratives it's yeah. much easier to do that because people's attention is, you know, they can go watch it on Netflix or illegal downloads or whatever. And uh, nobody does that. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I love that. How, like, <laughs> I love watching people get indignant about the, when I'm like, I'm watching American Hustle on this plane, and they're all like, Oh, uh, so I guess you remember the Academy now? Because I know you wouldn't do this. And I'm just like. Come on, man. Let's all be, let's be real with each other. Come on, buddy. Come on. Every, everybody, it's crazy. And I, I will say, and this is not from a moral point of view for me. This is from paranoia left over from years and years of doing things that I shouldn't do. Um, I, I don't, I don't do any of the illegal stuff. I did. I used to be on LimeWire and FrostWire or whatever. That's how I got a lot of music. And I started to feel kind of guilty about that a little bit. But then the the big movies and TV and stuff, like, I'm just too paranoid, man. I can't handle the, like, sitting there trying to download a new movie. And I am I seriously think, like, the FBI is going to kick my window <laughs> in. I can't handle it. I mean, they it. could, I guess, technically. but usually, They're not going to. Yeah, it's, not. it's nonsense. No. But, um, yeah, so, like, people are more trained for that rewarding 13 episode experience and um i guess like yeah, being able to it's a different way of watching stuff now you yeah. binge watch that wasn't you know you watch you sit down and watch five episodes you know you can watch just like uh one of my favorite of your songs is the house of cards uh house of cards songs which is exactly all about that like yeah i'm gonna sit down and watch seven episodes you know but like but um, it's a totally new way of watching stuff that you know we didn't used to have and I guess watching that first Moffat Matt Smith season really helped me kind of latch on to this story because I mean that that first season is very much a full cycle story from first episode to last episode. Yeah, and um, it kind of was re- is really re- rewarding, and so it kind of made me want to go back and check out Tenant. And then Tenant, even for the first like half of the first season, I was kind of like, eh, you know, like this is this is okay. But mm-hmm. then it really picked up, and then by that second season with uh, with Martha, it was like I was like, "Oh man, I'm hooked now!" Like I, I love this. Do you remember one specific episode where where you kind of felt it, where you were like, "Oh, this one, <laughs> this one is the one. This episode is the one that's like, oh, open my eyes." I mean, it was. Pro- I mean, honestly, like I still have such a huge love for um, the first episode with Matt Smith. Where he's eating all the foods and trying to figure yeah. out what he wants to eat. I mean, it's like it is such a whirlwind of activity. And then, like my friend uh, Chris, who I made the song for that never watched Doctor Who, hears me talk about it now all the time. Is that scene at Stonehenge where uh, 
Matt Smith is like staring at the sky with all those chips and he's just like yes. talking trash to them and being like, yeah. he makes them all go away. It's such a great, like what a moment for that actor to have like on his reel for the rest of his life is just this badass gunslinging moment. That's not even like that even is cut with a little bit of humor after it. Cause he realizes it didn't really work, but like I love mm-hmm. that moment. And then I, I, I seem to like it when a doctor gets really grim and like, becomes a bit of a gangster. <laughs> yeah. Like at the end of the yeah. House of Blood series, or the, the oh, yeah. two-parter where... Dark, that is some dark stuff. Yeah. Oh, the Family of Blood yeah. with... Uh, yeah. yeah, that's where intense. It's kind of like, well, nope, shouldn't have done this. And he kind of... He, like, puts each of those people in a horrible situation. You're yeah. Like, and that's... That's uh, Paul Cornell wrote those. Yeah, yeah. Those are good. Um which is probably my favorite Tenet episode other than, I guess, I mean, that and, like, Blink. Yep. Which, uh, Blink also was a show that I knew going into it, I was like, all right, I know this is supposed to be the best one ever. I was like, so I was right. like, impress me. And it totally, like, exceeded my expectations. <laughs> I was like, oh, man. You totally- oh, yeah. It's, That's it's, awesome to hear. It's in it for, like, eight minutes. Yeah. It's still one of the best episodes of Doctor Who. Yeah. It's, and it's... It almost, I was almost like, okay, this is really great. But then like the last moment of that episode where she sees him and then that little exchange happens, that's when I was like, all right, this is amazing. This is like one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. Just cause it's like that time travel, like circular logic kind of thing that was just like so perfect at the end. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it's genius and it still works because even as, uh, at this point, the angels have been used over and over again. But even though we've seen the angels so much now that we're kind of inured to them a little bit, going back and watching Blink is still creepy. Yeah. 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 I mean, it really is. Progressively less scary and interesting. Menacing. Yeah, as, as with each yeah. episode, but still going back and watching Blink, that's, that's when they shine. That's when they're fantastic. And the part where just like, from a writer's perspective, like imagining what it must have been like to be able to write that scene where she's talking to the screen is no. like, it's mind blowing to think that that a writer actually had that idea and executed it so well because you're just like this is incredible like this is just from like this should be taught in a class where you're just like mm-hmm. look at look at how you must have conceptualized this scene because it's so so much is going on and it's just like oh my god can't even handle it how good it is well and not even not even just the concept of the scene but actually putting it together all the details yeah. of it is it's yeah, not it's ridiculous all right so uh just to wrap up the doctor who portion we can find the doctor mixtape <laughs> at adamwarrock.com or if you want to go straight to it i bought a url called rapgamedoctorwho.com just for I guess kicks because it was late at night and I was like, I'll just buy this as a redirect site. So I'm going to have my own domain name. So it'll be really easy for people to find it. So rap game, Dr. Who, which is the dumbest URL ever to buy that. But I was like, Oh, well it's available. So I might as well spend the, uh, 1095 to buy it. You mean somebody hadn't already taken know, that right? one? That's I was crazy. Shocked that took that. <laughs> and I, I feel like I should use it for something after this, uh, mixtape has served its purpose. Well, it's, it's a fantastic collection of, uh, beats and rhymes. And I think everybody needs to check it out. And, and thanks for doing yeah, it, man. Thank you. For, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Cool. All right. That's our ESW stuff. Now let's get down to the nitty gritty.
Um, middle of nowhere, and uh, we've skipped over a couple of things, but everything's been kind of flowing along cool, so I'm not worried about it. Um, middle of nowhere blew my mind all over again because after I had adjusted my brain to, to appreciate the beauty of a hip-hop artist taking nerd stuff seriously – then you come along with middle of nowhere. Now, is that is it personal experience? Is it observational? Is it a combination of both? Like, is that your life, or is that the life that you see, you know, happening in nerd culture? How, how did that come together? Well, I mean, first of all, like the albums, I always have to try to make them uh, evergreen topics because uh, the website mm-hmm. can be like the website. I like to think of the website as like South Park, where like something can happen in the news and I have this unique ability to be able to make a song really quickly. And so I can like make a song about, you know, certain things that happen the next day. Um, and so they don't have to be topical. It could be about a movie that was out that will never be remembered. People can like it and then it'll just be swept under the rug forever. But the albums, like, you know, as I sell them and I have them in physical form, they have to kind of be able to like, you have to be able to listen to it like five years from now and, and not be like talking about things that are horribly out of date. Um, and so a lot of that album came from the idea of like, well, what do you do? How do you make a nerd album, a nerd music album without pop culture? Like what is, what are the central kind of emotional tenets of being a nerd? And a lot of it is kind of feeling isolated, kind of feeling lonely, kind of feeling outcast. And then I also wrote it at a time where, uh, I felt very much like I had plateaued, um, professionally. And, yeah, I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> it comes through. Because you realize you get to a point where you're you're bigger than you used to be. And so things get easier. And But then at the same time, you're not to that next level where things are assured. And there's really no one around that you can talk to about it. Because there will be people who are so much bigger than you that don't understand. And then there will be people who are not to your level that you will seem really uh, ungracious kind of being like, oh, I can't believe I can't do this thing. And they're just like, I would just be happy if I had half those views or something. Yeah, yeah. You're very isolated and lonely about it because you're just like, well, am I crazy? Like, is this over? Is this as much as it goes? And so a lot of it kind of came from just the idea of being like kind of stuck in the middle of nowhere and no one around to talk to. And you kind of have a lot of frustration that comes out and you, and from that, I think you kind of want to go back and talk about more personal stuff, or you want to try to think about stuff in, in a broader terms and get back to like what nerd culture or pop culture is all about to you. And I think that's where the album came from. And it's really funny because like people, are, I, when I do live shows, I do a lot of stuff from the website, which every music industry person who knows me, like it makes their makes them grit their teeth because they're just like why aren't you doing the album you should be doing the album so you can sell the album <laughs> I'm just like man the album is a, such a bummer man like I want to go up there and do songs that are fun and funny and like if they like it then they'll like the album most likely so who cares and yeah there's a difference between listening to something at home alone you yeah. know and then Liz being at being at the show and yeah you want to sing your fun stuff at the show and yeah. and you want to go listen yeah. to it at home and cry in the shower to the sad stuff you yes, know exactly <laughs> um, so uh I don't really do it very much live but I it is meant very much to be um an album that you listen to in, in fact if you if you never listen to it 
with the album on loop, uh, it's supposed to be able to loop around to itself. It never stops. Um, cause it ends with an echo that starts the album. So. Oh, nice. If you listen to it with like a, a, the little loop function on your whatever player you have. Um, it will, it won't stop. And we made it that way so that there is like literally no stopping point to the whole album. It's just this like complete circle of like a guy at his job, at an office kind of going crazy and then going all the way around to like having all this musical success and all this pettiness and all this jealousy and anger and frustration and going back. And it's kind of like supposed to sort of be like a dream, <laughs> sort of. I don't know. I never really thought of it out totally, but I definitely wanted it to loop all the way around. So it's very much meant to be listened to like in a closed setting where you just sit and listen to it or right. you listen to it while you're walking around or whatever. So, Well, it definitely comes across as almost a concept album of sorts. I mean, you, you can see a progression of, of a life and a career in there. Um, and, and how I ended up downloading that is I had gotten all the free stuff and I was like, I just – got all this stuff from this guy how can i give him oh, some see, money you were like you were the most you were like the perfect person listener because you like you think about this and like everything that i intend to do works on you exactly you're like, it's because i'm so gullible no, it's, <laughs> but, but also as, as a content creator yourself i think and you know you i think you uh, yeah it. yeah exactly that's what that's what's yeah i mean i there you go <laughs> But, but no, I mean, really, I, I, with all that stuff, I, cause I think of just the, the things that I do, cause I mean, I'm not even making music. I'm just running a website, you know, taking pictures of toys and stuff. And I know how much effort goes into that. So sitting there and listening to these tracks and thinking about, you know, the hours of recording and production and editing and getting them, actually getting them up online and then writing a blog post for them and do, I mean, I think about all that work and I'm like, holy shit, this is like hundreds of hours, you know, invested in all of this stuff. Let's give the guy something. Yeah. I, like I, I have to do things like I had to get like a, a better server and I was like, oh my God, what am I doing? Cause I was like t- looking at right. these options on like my ser- my hosting service. was just like, uh, I mean, if it costs more, it should be better. Right. Like, so let's go. Yes, it does. One, rather than the cheapest one. And, yeah, um, but that's, yeah, so like, that's good. I'm glad that it comes across like that. Cause that's, that's kind of like, when I started doing this, I very much had, um, I had a lot of friends doing web comics. And I yeah. followed a web comics, uh, business model for my site, which was the idea was there's free content on the site every week, um, or every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or whatever. And then once in a while, they, they release a book. And you buy the book mm-hmm. and you're like, oh man, I've been getting months or years of free content from like Scott Kurtz or Penny Arcade or whoever. Um, I, I didn't know them, but that's like the biggest possible examples. Um, and so I was like, I'm going to do that with music where I release like a couple of free songs every week or whatever. But once in a while I release an album and I sell it. And then you buy that album and you keep the site running and that's how it goes and go to cons or go yeah. to events or do shows in the meantime. So I was always very conscious about the idea that like you just force so much free stuff upon people that when you're like, hey, remember all that free stuff I gave you? You should buy this album, even if you hate it. And they go, uh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. So they're like, and I mean, there are people who are like, uh, I mean, stuff on your website's way better than your album, but I bought it anyways. And I'm like, thank you. <laughs> I, uh, 
Well, and that's it's funny that mentality because when I when I went to buy uh, Middle of No, because I, I knew I wanted to get whatever was was the most recent, and uh, I went on there and I wasn't sure if it would be just a set price or if it would be one of those choose your own you know price on it because I I was ready to go and spend like twenty five bucks on an album. <laughs> yeah. You know, if it was the set your own price deal, because I was like, well, I'm going to get the album, but I've got all this other stuff, too. So let's compensate here. Uh, but it was just the straight 10 bucks, which let me tell you, excellent deal. Everybody go download Middle of Nowhere right now. Uh, don't don't take it to a party with you. Don't take that to a party, but sit in your car and listen to it. <laughs> listen to it while you work. There's some party and it's, songs in there. Are there? Maybe not. Yeah, there's some party songs on there. You've got a... Uh, uh, what X Factor track on there? What I'm trying to remember what there there was one like three towards the end. I think that I think um, Die with Schaefer and in eighty of dark uh, in eighty of dual core is a party song, even though the actual lyrical content is maybe not a party song. <laughs> it's fun. Yeah, it is because the beat's a party song, and and listening to his terrifying voice, uh, his heavy metal uh, scream. That yes. was a, a vehicle to get Schaefer's heavy metal screen, scream on record. Because I told him, I was like, I'm going to get you to do a heavy metal screen. Because he used to be in all these metal bands back in the day. And uh, Okay. But uh, we, we're still planning. We're, we're trying to do a video for that. And uh, I won't spoil what it is, but it's going to be hilarious. And hopefully it'll be Halloween themed. Let's just say it like that. So Awesome. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I don't because I don't, I don't know, like. I get a lot of people who are upset about that also, where they're like, why don't you have a donate button? Why can't I give you more money? And I'm just like, uh, because I do a donation drive once a year for one week in June where I say, hey, you know, if you donate a dollar, you donate a hundred dollars, everybody gets this rewards package uh, of like a new album and a bunch of stuff that I, I give out. Um, and that's the only time during the year where I let people donate whatever they want to. Otherwise, oh, it's very always cool. going to be a set price, probably like a ten or twelve or whatever dollar, five dollars for an EP. And I, it's just because mm-hmm. it's just easier. Like, it's just easier on everybody to just like there's a set transactional price and let's just go with that because I don't I don't know. It just never really feels right to like keep that op- keep that option open like you should just like buy a cd or something it's fine well and plus you're gonna have plenty of people who are like here's a dollar yeah, exactly you know so uh, you know that's i i think the set price is probably solid and especially i didn't know about the june drive so that's awesome as well that's that's a very good idea well, so um where like so does the majority of your um professional income come from touring then or it it, comes, does, it, does it come from album sales or it comes from a lot of touring and a lot of events and stuff like that but mm-hmm. I mean a large part of it um, a third to a half of it comes from the donation drive okay. uh, for the wow. past two years it's been pretty pretty big and I think that it's the kind of thing where like it only gets bigger the more that I do stuff because more people will be like oh man and then like um, every year I've <laughs> I'm in this horrible like cycle of trying to have to top myself every year which is getting stressful yeah because at first i was like here's an album donate something and then next year i was like here's an album and here's all these comics these digital comics from all these comic creators that i know and then it's like here's an album and here's a live concert that we filmed in my house uh with like real cameras and stuff with like three cameras that i had to edit 
And then this year it's uh, here's an album, and then here's a live band album that we're doing with a live band, and it's just like I don't. You're your own worst enemy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know where else to go from here. But every year right. I try to. Uh, and then we're gonna do it on the moon, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but I try to make it worth people's time and money, and you know, it it becomes this big event where like during that week I'll also release new free music to everyone, just like every day I'll release free music, and it becomes this weird thing where like. I remember two years ago, the first time it kind of jumped up in numbers. Um, I had us, we were hanging out with my friends on their on their front porch because they have a house, and every day I was kind of coming in and showing people what numbers were at, and uh, it just turned into a thing where every day I would just bring over bottles of champagne because it was just like, oh, this keeps going up, guys. Let's just keep like partying because this is ridiculous, and uh, now it's kind of like it's it was kind of like a, a, a nice rallying cry for every year for like supporting this thing because like that's always kind of how I wanted the site to be I wanted it to be like do you want this site to keep existing then you should donate something and people kind of get that right that's get probably that. better right. to do it all in one thing where you've got a big push where everybody's talking about it all at once rather than spreading it out and having it trickle in yeah so yeah and I think makes I think tons of sense the cool thing about nerds and this is always what I tell people in interviews they understand that they have to support things that they like because they've had things taken away from them. They've had fire, they've had shows <laughs> canceled. They've had comics canceled. Yeah. They've had video games be never come to fruition and they've had a Duke Nukem or whatever never come because of money or because of this or that. So when you say to them, you say, hey, do you like this? You should drop $5 in this bucket because, and then they'll, they'll kind of go, yeah, you're right. You know, like, I should because I like that this exists. And I find that there are a lot of people who support who may not even like every song or half the songs I do, but they like the idea that they can go to adamwarrock.com and say, oh, what has he made a song about lately? And just scan through it, even if they don't listen to anything. And uh, they yeah. like that it exists. And so they'll keep on supporting it because it's a it's a good thing to exist. I, I hope so. Well, and it is. Th- this is, if, if uh, anybody listening isn't, isn't already familiar with Adam Warrock, uh, that, that's a good way of putting it because you go to your site and it is basically a musical blog. Uh, you, you have entries and it's, uh, you know, so much stuff is like you said, it's current. It's something that's happening now. And you've got, you know, just like any other blog, except instead of having to sit there and read some tedious thousand word post, you get some hip hop. Yeah. A three minute thing that you push play and you just get to bob your head to and then it's over. So, so I, I have a question. Because I am, and this, you know, I, I, I want to know about your process because I myself am also a pop culture satirist, and okay. I have a like a 15 month old son, and uh, I'm very very busy with my um, life of, of of doing things. But I but I do still have I have a web series that is a puppet show that is geek commentary plug it just plug it go ahead and plug it what's important is no what's important is that it's bob and carl sci-fi janitors my partner and i are the guys who do the show and we're finding ourselves busy with our lives too busy to have our fingers on the pulse of pop culture so my question is how do you how do you find the time and how do you decide what to like like my free time to to consume pop culture is so limited that I I feel like I've got to pick and choose. Like you were like, okay, I'm going to sit down and, and watch Doctor Who and 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 do an album on Doctor Who. Like so, 
can you sort of give me some insight into your process of like how you decide what to to cover? I guess. Uh, and, well, let me just say first, I do not have a child, nor am I. Well, that that probably makes it easier. <laughs> yeah, nor nor am I married. Nor, am I, nor do I live with anyone. So, um, and. Uh, but you're touring. Yes. You're out there touring okay. a lot. It's like this, right? Like, it's the chicken and the egg thing. Because, like, I don't consciously... I mean, I do consciously watch new things. Because sometimes I'll be like, I don't have anything to talk about. Let's try this thing that I've always heard about. Or let's try this thing that I've always wanted to watch. But um, a lot of times it's because I'm watching those things anyways. Right. Um, because I'm such a... I'm such a pop culture whore. that, And I'm such an internet person that I I already kind of am plugged into those things and hear about those things because that's my daily routine and um, so a lot of times it just comes from naturally like what am I really into right now and I'm lucky enough to be surrounded by a group of friends uh, where I live and also my friends online who are also very plugged in and are like always talking about the next an, another TV show or another comic or um, another video game to talk about and it just becomes this thing where, like, you just start dabbling in places and slowly you get pulled into things and, like, you get really excited about it. Like, do you, uh, I, do you take oh. notes when you watch stuff or do you just sort of let it come organically or? I, I don't really take notes, but I definitely will do a lot of research after I watch something to remember everything. Um, but, so for example, um, this is the the genesis of it. Is uh, I have a song tomorrow coming out about the Disney movie Frozen, which is inc- incredible. Oh yeah, it's, it's one of the best movies. It's one of the best anime movies I've seen in a really long time. And um, it's and I remember uh, seeing it be advertised and stuff. And I was like, who cares? Like I stupid, right? Oh, that. goofy snowman sidekick, whatever. Yeah. Princess Look at that movie. dumb snowman. That's exactly uh, what I thought. <laughs> and, uh, I started hearing some of my friends talk about it cause they have kids and they were like, this movie's awesome. And then I, I started seeing gifts of it on Tumblr every day to the point where I made a joke where I, on Twitter, I started telling people, Hey guys, this is what I think the, the plot of the movie Frozen is from only seeing GIFs on Tumblr. And I explained everything that I knew about it. And they go, and these people were like, that's actually pretty close. And I was like, so, so I was kind of like, and I just kept hearing people talk about it. And I was like, all right, I'm going to watch it because I, w- I want to watch it. So I, I found a screener because I'm a member of the Academy. And, uh, <laughs> right. and I watched it and I, lo- I loved it. Like I, it is. Yeah, I still haven't seen it. Um, movies are are a hard thing to theater. Theater movies are a hard thing to accomplish. So well, man, once you're, I need to get, I need to get in the academy. <laughs> yes, or once you're, I guess I don't know what year, what age a kid is cognizant of like songs and things like that. But like everybody who is a kid right now, their kids are obsessed with the songs in this movie. Yeah, my niece. My niece. She played with her frozen figures in my Castle Grayskull. So, <laughs> but uh, and then uh, so it just happened where it was like it was just all around me, and I was like, all right, I'll check it out. And there have been plenty of stuff, plenty of things where I've been like, all right, I'll check it out. And I watch it. I go, oh, this is okay. But like, it just happens to be that I, when I'm not traveling, I have the luxury of being able to dabble in things and watch things and get into them. And then it just, I, I am very blessed. 
to be able to make music fast. Like, it's always how I've been. Uh, ever since I started making music, like, 10-plus years ago, is that I make stuff fast, and I don't really go back and work on anything. I just kind of tend to, like, do it to the point where I like it, and then I'm just like, I'm done. And then I'm like, just put it out. I don't care. And that's That's probably the most important quality an artist could have. Is the ability to say, "Okay, that's that's I, it. Let it go." I, I horrify other musicians and art, artists because there's no preciousness in my art at all to me. Like it's 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 a blog, it's web content, and it it doesn't matter that it's not perfect. It matters more that there's stuff to talk about. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So like, as soon as I'm done. Do you get accused of like a quantity over quality thing from other musicians or from from people? I think I used to when I first started, but I think that it's kind of come around to the point where like people are like, "Well, shit, it's all good. I got, I got nothing. To say. I got nothing." I've had enough. I've had enough success and enough good things where people right. have to begrudgingly be like, "Fine." Then like. I guess it's good. I guess, I guess it's okay. It's well, and at this um, point, regardless, I mean, you, you, the, the amount of experience you've got doing it, I mean, no matter how early you may step away from it or, or how rough you might think it is, what you're putting out now has to be better and more skillful than what was coming out 10 years ago. Oh, of course, because it's a muscle. Right, you know, like, right. Yeah. The more that I record, the more that I make music, and me and my, my friend who is, uh, his name's Joey Miller, who makes all my videos, and he's a professional photographer and, uh, videographer. Um, when we do video projects together, and we have been contracted to do video projects for like other people where I don't rap in it, I just direct and edit it. Um, we always joke about how our whole thing is we are, uh, we're racing to the high five. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Absolutely. It's great. All we want to do... That should so, be the name of the podcast. The name yeah. Of the Racing to the yeah. High Five. Because, Absolutely. like, we'll go and do things with with students at, like, universities or whatever, and we'll sit there and we'll go, all right, ready? Action. And they'll do it, and we'll go, cut. That was great. We're done. And they're just like, don't you, don't you want to do it again? We're like, no. Like, that was perfect. Like, you nailed it. So let's just move on to the next thing. And it's because we know how we want it to look. We know how I want, I know how I want it to sound. Once it's there, it's like, yeah, this is exactly, this is what I wanted. And then like, all we care about is when do we get to finish and we can just start high-fiving each other because we're so happy <laughs> with what we did. Um, Listen guys, champagne's getting warm. We get like- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, um, it's been really mind blowing, I think, for a lot of people to watch us work because, um, it's just kind of like, Perfection is overrated. There, there is no perfect song that's gonna make everyone, that's gonna make you immediately famous. You know, like, there's no perfect, there's no perfect anything. Like, it's just about consistency and, and being a part of this scene that'll get you out there. And I think that's what a lot of people don't realize. And one of the ways you get better is having the public shame of having put something out where you're like, I can do better than that. Right, you know? right. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting talking about uh, having to top yourself every year with with the drive, because I, I was I'm in the process right now of planning things for Dragon Con for this year, not to the extent that Bo is. Uh, don't even give me. No, I'm I'm sure I, I don't even want to know. Uh, I I did some panels at Dragon Con last year, which by the way, have you ever thought about coming to Dragon Con? You know, I mean, I, as as an I act, never. I have never, um, I got invited to do 
a party there once, but I've actually never been there, even though I used to live in Atlanta. It's the weirdest thing. Oh, wow. You... So I, I, I have friends that go there every single year, and I just, for some reason, I've always missed it. I've always been not around. Right, there. right. Well, you should try to come out, but you, I, I, I would say first, just come out for a day and a night. And yeah. then, and then see if you'd be interested in performing because we, we have no hip hop. My cosplay, uh, friends all go there, obviously, because it's like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. it's the place to be for cosplay. Yeah, it, uh, it's definitely, it's the place to be for anybody, man. I didn't even understand it till a few years ago. And, and then <laughs> last year I did some, uh, toy panels. And this year I've been thinking about what I'm going to do because they, they, they've never really had toy panels before. And everybody last year was like, holy shit, this is amazing. You should do a toy track. And I was like, whoa, hang on there. I'm, you don't, you don't no, I don't want to do that. No, but I, I was thinking seriously about like, what do I want to do this year? And it occurred to me, I don't want to try and do bigger and better every year because that's not sustainable for me. I, there's no way. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I, now I think it's time to get down. We got to pick your brain a little bit before we wrap this thing up. Uh, I want you to recommend some comics, man. Uh, I, I know I've got my mainstays that, that I like saga saga kept me reading comics. Are you reading saga? Yes. Uh, saga is saga is incredible and it's even more incredible that it's so great, even though the story I feel like has barely started. Yeah, yeah. Well, not only is the story barely started, but you know it's not a timely it's, comic. It's, it's called Saga. It's not a comic <laughs> series. Oh, yeah, exactly. Good point. And, I mean, they set the standard. Everyone knows, everyone knows a Brian K. Vaughan saga is not about the destination; it's about right. the journey. Yeah, <laughs> which uh, he has proven time and time again. And I love Brian K. Vaughan. Don't get me wrong; I'm not trying to bag on him, but I'm just saying that there have been a lot of people who. Are not the most pleased with the conclusions to his long running series. If there were any, <laughs> yes. So um, it's just about enjoying the ride, and I am very much enjoying the ride. And Fiona Staples' art is oh my god! Like I would die to have her do a cover of an album for me. Or oh something. yeah, something. You hear that universe? Yeah, yeah. Let's make that happen. Um, yeah, that's, that comic actually kept me reading comics because you know how every once in a while you get to the point where you're like, I'm buying way too many habit comics that I'm not actually enjoying. I just buy them because they're in my poll every week. And there was a point where I was like, you know what? I just need to stop for a while and start fresh in a few months and get a new perspective because I've got too many titles that I'm just, I'm just buying. And I was, I was literally going to not go to the comic shop for a while. And then I thought, I can't not read Saga. And if I yeah. go to the comic shop to get Saga, I'm going to buy other you stuff too. They guilt you into cleaning out, right? Yeah, they they guilt you cleaning out the rest of the box. Yeah. So, um, so I'm still reading Part stuff. But what, what are your, what are your big ones right now? What, what, what are some recommendations? What's some stuff that's turning you on? Uh, you know, uh. The way you are about Doctor Who, I am about the X Men. Oh. Um, they are arguably the most important thing in my life since I was nine. And um, I love all new X Men. I think it is. I think it's the best like big two book I've read in as long as I can remember. And there's no way it should abs- it should ever work because it's about the five original X Men being brought into the. Future. Oh, it's the Bendis one. The Bendis one. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And, and it was even after Bendis had a run on the Avengers and other, other things where I was like, eh, he's kind of not really, I'm not really feeling him lately. And 
I think that Bendis probably was like, look at all these young dudes rising up. I got to bring my A game. And he, he has been destroying that. Book really? More than, more than the other ones, I think, because, um, he has given each of those original five their own complete character, which they never actually had. Cause if you go back and read the classic X-Men, they're all just like, complete dullard. Well, their character like, was my name is Cyclops and I was cursed yeah. with this vision and Ruby Quartz visor and that's it. That was his character. But they're doing all this really interesting stuff where like um, there, there's a the, the war right now, the civil war in the X-Men is between the Wolverine school and the Cyclops new thing. Mm-hmm. It's this mutant revolution versus human like relations whatever. And the, the all new X-Men as a group of five people have been moving between both sides. So you get to see how they interact with both sides. And then all these new members are coming onto the team where like X-23 is now a member of them. And they're about to have this huge crossover with the Guardians of the Galaxy. And it's like, it's all being written within the universe of Marvel. And I think it's great. And Stuart Immonen draws it mainly. And Stuart Immonen is, if you don't know anything about artists, just know that every artist who creates comics their favorite artist is probably Stuart yeah. Eminem because he is the most technically gifted, but also like soulful, stylized person you will ever see. Like, just just look at a scene of him where he draws a building, and you're just like, man, this guy is. Well, he's he's so. one of those facial expression people. Like him and him and Amanda yes. Connor, I, I think, are like facial expressions. That's told you know you you don't need words. No, and he's so good. I mean, like. As somebody who I started, you know, I started out doing a lot of comic book rap when I started doing like nerd music, and I was also doing like a comic book podcast and like comics are kind of, were, used to be like the big thing I did, and now it's less so. But um, I am I am a sucker for like paneling and sequentialism and comics and the colorists and like I read comics almost with a publisher's eye because I know too many of them now. And um, Stewart. That that book, All New X Men, is a clinic for like how a great comic should be written because he's just so good about laying it out. So I think it's I think it's a great big two book if you like that. Uh, I'll give you two other two other. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, I love the sixth the sixth gun by Cullen Bunn and Brian Hurt. I think is an awesome book by Oni Press. It's um, it's a book about these six guns that bind to their owners like soul and like. They each have these crazy supernatural powers, and it's this like weird gothic southern gunslinger slash supernatural story. I enjoy your song about that. Oh yeah, it's they, and it's also Colin and Brian, the guys who create it, could not be better dudes. Like they are such great Midwestern guys, um, and it, it it is ramping up to its end game right now. So you can catch up with the first five trades and probably get there right as they're kind of coming to the end and wrapping it all up. I haven't read that, but listening to your song, uh, I kept seeing the Saint of Killers from Preacher. Yeah, that was my that was more of like my frame of reference for guys who come back from the dead with a magic gun kind of thing, you know. And oh uh, man, it really worked. <laughs> there is there is some crazy supernatural stuff in it that they put in there, and there's a whole issue in there that Brian Hurt draws. That's a silent issue um, with no dialogue. It's incredible. Like he does stuff like that all the time, um, and then. Um, uh, a little left field recommendation. There's this like Canadian slash American manga called Pipochu. Uh oh, here we go. <laughs> Do you know? I, I don't, but this this sounds like you left field. I like that. So, so this was 
This is a book that was recommended to me by um, one of the editors at Oni, uh, Charlie Chu, mm-hmm. who I'm really good friends with. We were at a comic store in St. Louis, and we were we just happened to be standing in front of the adult section, and there was this book called Peepa Chu, and he's like, "You should read this," and I was like, "Why?" Because it's on the on the cover is this like big breasted woman who's just kind of like <laughs> looks totally over the top, and he's like, "No, no, no," he's like, "You should definitely read this because it's it's." It's totally lampooning what Americans think Japanese culture is. So the book is about this, this like kid who lives in the inner city, this like little young black kid who's obsessed with Japanese culture and this show called Pipochu. <laughs> and it's like this crazy Pokemon weird Japanese show. And he gets the chance to go to Japan and he thinks that everyone's going to know what he's doing because he's dressed up like Pipochu and he's doing these stupid dances and everybody in Japan is like, what's wrong with you? Like, are you an idiot? (laughs) Um, But at the same time, like in the background of him and this girl becoming friends, who is the only girl that he meets who who knows what Pipochu is, um, all of these stereotypical anime manga things are happening like with the people he came to Japan with because like one of the guys he came to Japan with is actually this like assassin who's like hunting this guy who owns a brothel and so like they're like in the background of this like really sweet friendship story <laughs> where she's trying to teach him no no Japan's not like this there's all this crazy super violence like fan service like nudity craziness happening in the background and it is as someone who's Asian American it is awesome to read a story where you're it's both satisfying and completely making fun of what all people think Japanese culture and Asian culture is like. Because it's like this weird balancing act. And it's by this guy named Philippe Smith. And you could probably order it on Amazon because it pro- it's it's a Canadian press that doesn't distribute everywhere. Okay. And that's why my friend was like, you should buy this because like you can't buy this everywhere. It's like they got all three volumes of it. He's like, I promise you, it's awesome. And I was like, all right. Because like, I trust his judgment. And it's it's crazy. But it's really, really interesting and fascinating. And uh, it's definitely 18+. plus. Like, there's some crazy stuff in there. But if you enjoy crazy manga over, like, stimulated sensory explosion Japanese stuff, it's an awesome book to read. And I, I think that a lot of people will enjoy it, even though, like, the cover looks like it's a total piece of stuff. <laughs> right, right. Which is, the, which is the point of it. It's supposed to look like this completely ridiculous Japanese almost pornographic thing, but it really is actually like this really awesome story in it. So Peepo Chu is the name Peepo of Chu. C-H-O-O. I'll, I'll definitely check that out. And Sixth Gun, I've actually been meaning to check out Sixth Gun because I keep hearing how good it is. Uh, and But I have, with the way that I grew up, I, I have this in, innate wariness of independent comics that will never go away, despite the fact that Image and IDW are in no way like the traditional definition of independent publishers. Um, I'm such a superhero guy. Oh, yeah. It's just I mean, in like, me. You know what I mean? I, I think that, <clears throat> I think that Oni is actually really good about bringing stuff that is, it's like they're an independent press, but they actually do a lot of stuff that is completely, and I don't, I don't mean this in the bad way. I mean, this in a good way. Mainstream. Right. And, uh, they just had a book come out called buzz. And it's like this shonen manga about this kid who like enters a spelling bee and they fight with spelling. Oh wow! And 
it's it's an awesome book. Like the, all the stuff that they're lining up right now, um, they're about to start all these like awesome stories by a lot of people who are like like Rick Spears and Charles Soule. Um, they're about to come out with this new slate of like issue books that are all like they could be like a Marvel ish kind of thing. They're just they just happen to be on this indie press because they're a little bit more crazy, right? Um, so there's a lot of stuff and the image obviously right now with like saga and Manhattan projects and the Brubaker stuff. It's like, it's a good time to read like non big two stuff, even though that's probably primarily what I read anyways. Yeah. So I don't know. I'll never stop reading it. I can't help it. Yeah. That's, I mean, I, no matter what happens with superhero <laughs> stuff, I'm, I'm going to hang in there like Bendis. I think ultimate Spider-Man is the finest run of comic books. I've, oh, yeah. I've, ever read and that's even over claremont x-men which is what i came up on um but his avengers stuff i wasn't crazy about so now i've got to check out all new x-men now this is Avengers stuff no Uh, yeah i did not like it well every everybody talked like spider-man i was like what yeah (laughs) and yeah just his all new stuff all new x-men stuff man it's it's like I can't believe I, I was telling people I was like if you told me a year two years ago the pitch of this book and it was written by Brian Michael Bendis and you were like this can be your favorite comic I would have been like I would have slapped you in the face. yeah that's exactly <laughs> how I felt when well I was disappointed when because they could, did kind of the switch up where like Remainder went over to do an Avengers title even though it's pretty much an X Men title and Bendis went over to the X Men I was like. Oh no, because X-Men, that's my, that's my Marvel. Like I know of the Avengers only really because of the media stuff now. I grew up with X-Men. I, like that was comic book stuff. It was X-Men and Batman for me. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I definitely all new X-Men, Sixth Gun, and Pipochu. <laughs> I wanted to say Pikachu, which obviously it's a play on that. Uh, so Pipochu. It is for it's a 18. peep show. It's a peep show. Pikachu, Pikachu. So, yeah, it's almost like peep at you. Plus, eighteen plus only, but it is not smut. I mean, they're it, so all it the is, eight year olds who are listening to our <laughs> podcast, guys. Don't tell you your know. parents you read Pikachu. Exactly. It's it's a it's it gets smutty, but it is not smut. Right. <laughs> well, Adam, I want to thank you so much for coming on. Uh, before we go, where can we find you online, and how can we give you our money? Um, my website is adamwarrock.com, but if you follow me on Facebook at facebook.com slash adamwarrock or twitter.com slash hugewarrock, E-U-G-E, warrock, you'll probably find out everything there or search me on YouTube and, uh, adamwarrock.bandcamp.com is, or iTunes or Amazon. You can find all my stuff there. Pretty much just Google. If you just Google it, yeah. you'll, you'll come up with something and, uh, hopefully, uh, my name will keep popping up with random semi-viral hits about things like Frozen and <laughs> movies and things like that. So, Which the Frozen track will be out by the time this is posted. And, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah and, I'm very proud of it. I'm very proud of it. Like, I, I, I try really hard sometimes. Like, once in a while, I try to make, like, a song that is, like, very serious and emotional. <laughs> Whereas most of the stuff on the website is usually a little bit cheeky and it's a little bit, like, it's a little bit fun. Mm-hmm. But... Like gra- like gravity falls. You really let it go. You really let it go on this one, huh? <laughs> oh man! You see, you haven't even seen the movie, and yet you know to make that. Oh, joke. I know. That's, I, that's, I have the I have the internet, so yeah. That's how permeated it is into your brain, which is like I knew the whole story of Frozen before I watched it. I was like, I know, I know the plot end to end, and it was still awesome. 
Yeah, we need to get out to see that one. Well, thank you so much for coming on, man. I really appreciate yeah. it. That was a great talk. And uh, everybody, check back in in June and uh, give this man some money. Yeah, thank you so much, guys. Right on. Thanks. And there it is. I had a great time talking to that guy and talking to Bo. I hope the Echo didn't bum you guys out too bad. It certainly has bummed me out. As a matter of fact, as I speak about it now, I am bummed out. I I processed this thing like three or four times trying to get rid of that, and there's just nothing you can do, apparently. But I have the lovely and talented Gary Mitchell from the RevCast, our pals over there, who is hopefully going to give me some pointers, help me out. Uh, maybe get me a different program to record with. I don't know. Uh, if you guys have any ideas, send them to me. Phantom Troublemaker at yahoo.com or, uh, El Phantasmus with a PH on Facebook. Uh, send me messages. Let me know. Tweet me. Phantom Troublemaker on Twitter. Uh, let me know what you think of the show. Let me know what you think about the audio quality. Send me free programs. Send me free toys. Whatever. Uh, but anyway, we had a good time. Please check back in next time. Check NeedlessThingsSite.com. And remember, we are part of the ESO Network. And they're available on iTunes and on Stitcher. So check out all of that good stuff. Uh, find me live at your local con. Well, not your local con. At my local con. Uh, and this Saturday, I will be recording ESO episode 200 live at Odin's Cosmic Bookshelf. And then Sunday, I'll be recording another bit with Sean Castic. We just did a Doctor Who special. Lots and lots and lots of stuff going on. This year is the year of Phantom Troublemaker. Before I go, I'm going to leave you with one more track from Adam Warrock, which is from his new album, The Middle of Nowhere, which you can download from adamwarrock.bandcamp.com. This track is called High School Reunion. Check it out. Never went to my high school reunion Ain't nothing I could tell them Ain't nothing I could do with them Ain't nothing I could be No symbol, Martin, just me Never knew me at all So tell me who am I supposed to be When I do it like this I never went to my high school reunion Ain't nothing I could tell them Ain't nothing I could do with them Ain't nothing I could be No symbol, Martin, just me Never knew me at all So tell me who am I supposed to be When I do it like this Yeah Took a bit just to let it all soak in Born in the 80s, raised in the 90s Little skater punk with the rap skills Making his way around the pulpit And the Southern Baptist would say That music was the devil And I let it go to my head Used to fall asleep with my disc man Spinning around with the headphones Spilling from my bed Instead, high school for me I was scared just to let the other kids Really see everything I wanted to be So I hid that lost in the west side of Tennessee In a Southern white culture Let's still thrive A little Asian kid just tried to stay alive And I grew up pissed at the world Now I put that shit inside of every MP3 Digitally, they didn't know That they were fixing to see The little kid in me that he was itching to be the illest MC ever to be And so I started making music so relevantly And so inevitably ignoring everyone was telling of me And I competitively just started wrecking the scene And now people that I knew what way back then all lie I hope it's Adam now And I'm goddamn proud of this thing that I made straight up from the ground If you didn't know it then, then you're knowing it now I'm running with a different kind of crowd than when I started out Instead just talking about the things that come out Whenever the mic is pointed at my mouth And I'm gonna say it loud Are you still the rap now? Nah man, just the rapper from way down south I never went
since you heard That's that new, new When I do, do all that voodoo In the new school And I spit raps like the juice crew And I ain't lying like Snoop Doo And my face is stunned like I'm Sulu And y'all played out like Foo Foo Back then I got teased and harangued Kids so cruel with the teeth and the fangs But now they can't keep up with the slang When I drop on the beat and I'm feasting again Back then I was way less confident But now I'm on the shit because I rock the hits And I'm never gonna fall for this Bullshit full of media marketing So we leave it in the past like the bad times back when Backpacks on the shoulders with the fashion When we sack your pants in I love the hip hop and ate it like cake to a fat kid In between the bad times we had friends Got our backs in the hallways laughing Running around until we heard the bell ring And ditch class till we made it through band practice Like I need a reminder of the good times Keep it really close to the best And I grew into a man way different from the kid that I was But it's fun to think back way back when So I don't need to reminisce Because I'm way past the point of reliving the past I don't really want to hear about your last ten years Mine's been busy, you can hear it on the track I never went to my high school reunion Ain't nothing I could tell them Ain't nothing I could do with them Ain't nothing I could be No symbol martyr, just me Never knew me at all So tell me who am I supposed to be When I do it like this I never went to my high school reunion Ain't nothing I could tell them Ain't nothing I could do with them Ain't nothing I could be No symbol martyr, just me Never knew me at all So tell me who am I supposed to be When I do it like this the jocks and the nerds and the freaks to the AV club And all the bangies to the got kids Rockets high on weed Straight A kids who study during the week To the teachers, coaches, principals too Counselors telling me what I should do Man, I never went back to my damn high school After 10 years, this is what I'm trying to do To the bullies and the jocks and the nerds and the freaks To the AV club and all the bangies To the got kids, rockets high on weed Straight A kids who study during the week To the teachers, coaches, principals too Counselors telling me what I should do Man, I never went back to my damn high school After 10 years, this is what I'm trying to do This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network, your station for all things geek, classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at esonetwork.com.